to another episode of the CrossFit Howard podcast. Today we have Paula. We are at episode number 84. Paula, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Um, first question that always goes out is why CrossFit Harrow? What brought you here? Um, so I think CrossFit had always been around in you know conversation with friends and stuff and I knew people that did it. Um, I was perhaps a bit intimidated by it and thought it was maybe a bit cliquey and I'm going to use the word a bit cultish (laughs) and so I hadn't really tried it out and then um, thought you know what I need to sort of do something I was kind of getting to a level of unfitness that I was uncomfortable with and wanting to try something different and so I thought might as well give the on-ramp sessions a go and then googled CrossFit and this came up so yeah because you you do actually a little bit of a different route so a lot of the people that will watch this or listen to this will say I've seen Paula or I know but I've never actually maybe being able to interact with her so you you went down a bit of a more personal route in terms of not necessarily going through the group class option but looking to uh improve through your running Mm -hmm. right yep um and you had some big wins with your runs your runs have massively i think definitely i've seen the impact of doing um sort of cross training on my running it's definitely made me a lot fitter and sort of really helped with the running times um, so, you know, I think in the year that I've done CrossFit, I've improved my running times by sort of four or five minutes. Which is insane. Yeah, yeah, that's which, a lot of time. Yeah, definitely. And then it's just the strength aspect as well. I think um, with me sometimes, and, and Kez, Kez will probably say this as well, like I give up a bit too easily. And I think having the PT element and really kind of trying to push myself, it trans transcends to the running because you know when you're on that last like k and you're wanting to give up you're like i can do this i can do this yeah. and you sort of a mental thing yeah because else. strength training also will build not necessarily like the strength of muscles but also like a little bit of a battle with yourself mm-hmm. in terms of you know how to deal with like those final few repetitions that final part and yeah. like overall strength really right yeah no definitely and i think the focusing on the different muscle groups as well and not just kind of lower body which is obvious for running but like some of the upper body stuff yeah it all helps you just feel stronger and be leaner and well, that just makes you a better runner. yeah i mean historically people to get better running would have just gone out and run more mm-hmm. and actually it it actually makes you a bit more of a of a I don't know if the right word to say is worse of a worse a runner because there's a lot of imbalances that runners will have yep. um, through like glutes, through hamstrings and things like that. Yeah. That actually strength training or isolated movements. Uh, no, definitely. Do and, help. and I think running as much as I do it, I think it was because of COVID and lockdown that I ended up doing it a lot more um, than I'd originally planned. Because actually over the years I've had various running injuries okay. and been told you know, to actually try and do more cross training. So one of the things that I did a few years ago was actually learn how to swim properly and did swim oh, wow. fit and all that sort of stuff. And that was great. Um, but then again, because of COVID, I had to find other avenues. So this has worked for me because it's allowed me to put in a good workout yeah. without sort of putting impact onto my feet and stuff, which is what I was having injuries with. So. Yeah, well, I think a lot of, um, from experience, a lot of runners' injuries are due to their running style, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where a trailing leg doesn't like follow the gait, their cycle properly, um, just yep. a lot of those imbalances. So like a lot of strength training will make the, whether it be the hamstring or the glute stronger, will help it externally rotate naturally, um, or, you know, if there's internal rotation, stuff like that. So, yep. and that's why running improves, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so before uh, kind of 
lockdown as such what kind of got you into fitness where did that how did that start um i think i've always had an interest in fitness from a young age so used to play sports and stuff when i was younger so specifically netball and then sort of lacrosse at school and then football on and off um i suppose i would categorize myself as someone that enjoys sports but also is a little bit lazy so at school i probably could get into the teams and would get into the teams but the idea of going to practice like twice a week just I would rather hang out with my friends at lunchtime yeah. and now I kind of regret that because I could have been better um but at that time you weren't to know right? I had other interests and then also I was playing a lot of netball outside of school as well and so I didn't want to do it in school um also so that kind of yeah so I was I, I wouldn't say I'm I would say kind of good at sport but I'm not the best if that makes sense so I'm going to be like yours an all round I'm going to be your sort of safe pair of hands I'm not going to be spectacular but I'll get the ball to where it needs to get to (laughs) um and I think the other thing for me as well is I'm not particularly competitive like I'm competitive against myself um so when you play uh netball particularly in my sort of Sri Lankan community it can be very competitive and I just had no interest in that side of it I just wanted to play the game practice like improve my skills but and you know obviously winning is great but was I desperate to win and was I going to push the girl out the way so that I could get the ball probably Probably not. not um so I always had an interest in that sort of thing. And then um, the running actually came about because I went to go and see the London Marathon live for the first time. I think it was 2013. And I thought, you know, what? I'm going to put my name in the ballot. I'll never get it. I know people that have put their name in the ballots for years and never got it. Got it. And I got it first time. Wow. <laughs> and at that stage, I was barely able to run a kilometre without dying. And so I um, looked at again similar to what I said about CrossFit looked at Google found a running club that was local to here um, and joined them and that's kind of how I got into the running um, so yeah so fitness has kind of always been around um, and kind of gone through a peaks and troughs with it so um, just before I joined CrossFit I was at a, another job that I wasn't having the best time with and I was traveling a lot so trying to get into that fitness was yeah. really difficult uh, I'd always been one of these people that you know goes to the gym five six days a week but during that particular job it was difficult to get into that routine um, and I was finding because I was traveling so much my diet was just crazy as well because you're eating you know at restaurants rather than home cooking and stuff and so I got to a point where I was like okay I'm a lot heavier than I want to be and that I think is really what made me think about CrossFit uh, a bit more seriously than maybe I had done pre- previously. Okay. Um, and then I didn't dive too much. I want to dive in a little bit more into the kind of swimming aspect mm-hmm. of it. So what was the reason that you were behind the swimming? Um, so there was a couple of things. Um, I think, so I was never really a confident swimmer as a child. Um, and I don't know why, because my brother, who's a few years younger than me, he was really good at it. And we went to the same schools and stuff. Um, I think there must have been an incident when I was younger and I sort of had this <laughs> you know memory of it so we're always a bit afraid of the deep um but I love to travel and I've been to some amazing destinations where I've been too scared to get in the water and really appreciate it even with a life jacket I feel really uncomfortable I felt really uncomfortable do you look back on those times and think like I wish I got into the water yeah definitely um and especially now that I've done it as well um so I decided uh because of that and then also as I mentioned with the running I was told to maybe try and find different avenues that were less impact and so I went to a gym um Marshall Street it's the one in Oxford Circus 
and they have a swimming pool, which was really convenient. And so I started to do lessons um, and really worked at it. It took me, God, like a couple of years <laughs> to sort of be a confident swimmer. Um, and I'm still not amazing, but I got to a point where I could go to the deep, wouldn't have to have a life jacket, could swim a length, all that sort of stuff. Um, and the particular class that I was doing, uh, not only was it like learning how to swim, but they do swim fit which is basically trying to use swimming as a cardio workout. So I found, again, that really helped with the running because my breathing was so much better, yeah. my stamina, and it's an all-body workout. Um, and I, I still remember the first trip I went to after I sort of got comfortable with swimming. I went to the Philippines and um, went snorkeling one day. And it was like this whole new world just opened up because you could wow. see the fish and it, it made me regret not sort of learning sooner um, and all those other destinations that I've been that I was too scared to get in the water. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was that was great. And yeah, to do something like that when you're a bit older is, is tough, but yeah, yeah. I'm really glad that I did it. And I'm sure like swimming gave you that focus to like, you know, concentrate on a particular thing. Yeah. And there was, it was measurable too. Like, you know, you yeah. couldn't do it at the beginning. You can do now. You, can, you couldn't swim X amount of lengths and now you can. Exactly. exactly. Um, is it something that you still maintain now? No, um, it's one of those things that I keep meaning to go back to because like I said, I thought it was a great workout. Um, but with COVID shutting the pools and stuff and the, where I was going was central London yeah. to do my lessons. Uh, and because I'm not traveling to work at the moment so I do want to pick it up again well I suppose your goal really was to overcome that fear yeah. first of all as it before like being able to use it as a yeah. cardio workout let's say or go swimming for exercise exactly so that exactly. was definitely achieved no definitely um but I think it's also one of those things where when you don't keep up with it you sort of do maybe backtrack slightly so I went somewhere recently went to Bermuda on holiday and I was okay getting in the water but I, you know, I still <laughs> wouldn't, you know, feel as comfortable as I'd like to feel. Particularly, I think being in a pool is different to being in the sea, right? Yeah. And so you're a bit You know more... where the sides are in the pool. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I, I did do snorkeling and stuff, but I kind of wore a life jacket. I'd love to be able to be a bit more comfortable um, to sort of just, yeah. you know, do diving and all that thing. sort of stuff. It's a big thing. Yeah. Diving, I've not, I've not done it, but I could imagine like, you know, being that far deep into to water is, is quite scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite scary. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So yeah, um, but it, it it is a fabulous workout though. So I do want to get back into it. Good. Okay. And then um, so that kind of swimming was taken over by by the running. Mm -hmm. um, so was that was it from the London Marathon really that just kind of it was like right that's the point where running started to become a big you know part of your training. Yeah, definitely. Um, so with the marathon, um, it was. This was in 2013, so you done so it in 2014? I did it in 2014, yeah, I think that's right. So yeah, um, got, got the place in 2013, so joined the running club in 2013 and um, trained throughout it, um, you know, for that sort of six months. You find out in the October whether you've got a place and then it's obviously running the April. Um, so trained, didn't sort of um, get to the distances that most people probably would do before a marathon so um i'd i'd most i'd run before the day was 16 miles which is still sort of 10 miles short of you know what you do on the day but none of my friends and family ever had any doubt that i'd finish it because they know that i'm stubborn enough to like drag myself <laughs> over the line if i needed to um and i think although i had a ballot place i was raising money for charity as well so that sort of um you know encourages you to to go on so i did that and i think part of it and um was joining the club as well um because it was a nice club to join 
it was friendly and that kind of made me continue. Um, I've done a few races since. I did another marathon about four years afterwards. Did, did you finish that? that you yeah, finish I did. It? I did. Um, so the two marathons I've done, I think have been the hottest London marathons oh, on record. Um, and the last one, which I was actually in better shape, but I was like an hour slower because it was the year that we were training in horrendous like winter weather i remember doing a half in the february and it was so cold that i think i almost had hypothermia and then two months later it was the hottest london marathon on record um so that was a bit horrendous and after that i kind of fell out with love it fell out of love with running a little bit and i'd also had a couple of injuries so after the first one i actually ended up with a um stress reaction in my leg so kind of a broken ankle but not quite um so that and then yeah just various things i've kind of fallen in and out of love with running so i think it's a great workout and makes me really fit and it's the easiest way for me to maintain fitness and and sort of weight um but i find it hard and so i'm not a natural runner it's something i really have to work at and so um you know i wish i was someone that could wake up every day and be like right i'm just gonna knock out 10k and you know that'll be i wish that too. <laughs> um but i i enjoy the challenge of it i've never really been good at um sort of sitting on my laurels and and enjoying the things that i'm good at i always want to push myself on the things that i know that i'm not yeah, good yeah, at yeah. um so yeah so that's been kind of my my running story but um so yeah i'm heavily involved with the club now as well um I tend to do my own thing with running. I don't tend to do the club events as much. And I think part of that has come from COVID. For me, running was an escape. Um, and it was particularly at the beginning, you know, the only chance you had to really leave the house for a significant amount of time. Um, and I like to kind of think and, you know, kind of have time to myself. And so it's become a real kind of um, mental um, mm. thing as well. Like it, it sort of really helps with my mental health. So, yeah. What, what was the feeling? Can you describe the feeling of like finishing your first marathon? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I had uh, visions of like sprinting down the mouth. <laughs> that, that did not happen. Um, so I didn't put myself under uh, too much pressure. I just wanted to finish it. And if I could be under five hours, that would be great. But if I wasn't, you know, it'd be okay. So I did manage to do it under five hours. Um, Honestly, you feel like a celebrity on the day. Um, You know, my advice to anyone that ever does it is always put your name on your shirt. You'll have all these people yelling your name and like high-fiving you and giving you sweets. And, you know, I would never run a marathon normally, but London is very special i think the best moment is when you run over tower bridge i've often heard people say that actually yeah it's it's phenomenal and you uh, i remember actually sort of having one of those moments when you're just like i'm never going to experience something like this again and i actually um, sort of slowed down i took my phone out and i filmed it because it was just spectacular you've got you know both sides are crawling with people and there's this like crescendo of noise and everyone's just cheering everyone um and it's just brilliant and after that it goes downhill somewhat so you finish that which is about um halfway through and then they send you through all like the back streets of like Isleworth and all that kind of stuff lovely um which isn't as um filled with people it's a bit dark it's a bit dreary um and dreary and um yeah it, it kind of gets a bit uh 
and then you get to Canary Wharf and then it sort of starts Fixed again. Up, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is brilliant when you sort of cross that line. Um, it's relief. Um, the tiredness hits. I mean, I, I ran it for Oxfam that first year and their sort of meeting point after the race was only about 100 metres away from the finish line. <laughs> Calling there. And I was just like, okay, give me a minute. And I was just like, you know, sort of sat down, kind of feet up and just, you know, took it all in. Um, I think you feel emotional. I definitely wanted to sort of cry and get a bit tearful. And then you've got the elation of it. Um, so, you know, with the medal, you can basically get free transport. And I remember just like lifting my shirt up to everyone <laughs> to show them the medal underneath. Um, so that I could get onto the buses and stuff. And um, yeah, and then we I went, didn't know that. Is that what they do? Yeah, you get free free travel. I, I think they still do that. And then a lot of places now, they give you um, free food and oh, really? beer and stuff, I think. Fuller's, um, who used to sponsor it because of London Pride, I think they you get a free pint and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, you get. A <laughs> I'm assuming stuff. only for that day. Only for that day, yeah. 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 Otherwise, everyone will be going around there with their marathon. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, they're obviously trying to get the crowds in. Um, so yeah, no, it was great. Um, I still remember tucking into a massive burger at the end of it though, because I'm like... sure that went down in <laughs> seconds. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's a brilliant day. Definitely recommend it, even if you're not a runner, just to experience it. It's brilliant what what was the uh the hardest like mile for you do you remember um so i think it is that point after probably tower bridge because you have this huge high and then you you've still got like half the race to go is that the half is that the halfway point i think it's sort of 13 14 miles yeah and then there's one point i think it's around 16 miles where um you cross with people that are about four or five miles ahead of you. So they're kind of on their final stretch. Oh, right. And when you cross them, that's really hard as well. Because you want to be on the other side. (laughs) You really want to be on the other side. Um, So yeah, but but I've also volunteered at it uh, a number of years, not the last couple, but you know, the determination that people have. I mean, I've had people that are just unable to walk and they're staggering and they've still got like 10 miles to go, but you try and convince them that this is maybe not going to happen and they're just not having any of really? it and they're just solely focused on finishing that's that's pretty pretty amazing to be fair yeah yeah definitely. um your, your involvement at the running club is that voluntary is that yeah was that from uh trying to give back a little bit is that just yeah i i do a lot of volunteering work um generally anyway but yeah the club it's a nice club it's something that's helped me a lot and so i kind of want to be able to give back it's a nice club to be part of as well um and one of the main things that i do and how i sort of got involved in the committee um is i uh, am the race director for the harrow hill race which is right. an annual race that well we didn't have it last year uh, but an annual race that the club has held um in harrow school and so it's a really horrid course, actually, not that I should say that. Probably uphill. It's uphill. Yeah. So we send people up um, football lane. I don't yeah, know yeah, if you yeah. know it. Um, and uh, we send them up it essentially twice in the first like 10 minutes of the race. Um, and then sort of send them back down sort of to uh, Norfolk Park and then back up the hill back to Harrow Hill. So it's a really Harrow Hill is a fitting name for the, the run. Um, but it's a great race. It's um you know, uh, a sort of well-attended one. We have about 250 people every year. Oh, wow. Um, and then if we make uh, a surplus, we donate it to a local charity as well. Oh, nice. So, uh, so it's a not-for-profit event, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I kind of got involved with organising that and then ended up sort of being on the committee as part of that as well. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Um, your job 
sounds amazing. <laughs> um, senior manager in the production and investment planning team at Disney. Yes. Yes. There's probably people's ears perking up now going, wow, Disney. Yep. yep. Um, a massive, huge company, mm -hmm. been around for a long time. Yeah. What's it like? It's great. Um, I So I joined about six weeks before lockdown, so I didn't have very much time in the office. Um, There's probably still staff members you've probably never met. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've, we've met sort of most of each other through socials now. But yeah, there's definitely people that I haven't met. Um, and there's people that have joined since lockdown. So I wasn't even the last person to join the team. Because basically what happened was they doubled the size of the team in that sort of six month period because we took over Fox. And so then we oh, basically yeah. had two massive companies coming together. And so, so I work in the tax team, historically worked in the VAT side, so on the advisory piece. Um, and then an opportunity came up to move to the production side of the business, which I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Um, so yeah, with all of our various productions, um, they obviously get, you know, incentives to film in countries. And so I help uh, with analyzing what those incentives are and trying to make sure that we maximize them. Um, my main aim is to get my name in credits i've been trying to do that for years i previously worked at warner's um and i never managed to get my name in credits so i'm this what is do you have to crossed. do is that so you have to be part of the set production team yeah i'm to be honest i think i'm it's a, a goal that i may never meet because <laughs> unless well, i'm know. doing they anything might have a role for you they, yeah they, if unless i'm an extra or something so <laughs> i think we'll see how it goes but yeah that is that is my so, so what, what would be like some of the incentives that that they like is it, you said different countries yeah so for example in the uk um you get basically a tax break um for filming um you know it's got to meet certain criteria yeah. um and particularly in the uk we've got what we call a cultural test so it's got to be you know British, it's got to be you're hiring British people, you're bringing something to the country, right? So you don't give money away for free. Um, and These are all the things like that we don't really know about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you know, no one ever really sits through the credits of a film so much anymore, unless now there's a... Someone the you know, yeah, or someone you know is in yeah, the film. Yeah, someone you, you know is in the film, or, you know, there's that spoiler at the end that people now hang out for. So when you look at those, like right at the end, you will see um, where you know, this production's been filmed because you'll have um, the different logos of the local film companies or the local authorities because they will likely have, you know, pr um, provided some sort of incentive to go to that country. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you said that you're in a different job before, before lockdown, but is it always like investment and, and bank is that kind of the root is that what you've done um so historically VAT so um I started my career at one of the big four firms and kind of just fell into VAT advisory so never done like the compliance and the numbers side of things um, my brother teases me by calling me an accountant I am not an accountant <laughs> um, and uh, don't have those qualifications um and then I just sort of um spent a couple of years in America actually oh, wow. um, helping sort of American businesses that were coming into Europe uh, and actually probably wider than that as well um, and yeah it was just one of these jobs where my background is actually I did a law degree and I didn't really want to go and study for another year and go to law school so I decided to go into um, sort of tax advisory uh, unbeknownst to me, I still had to do exams, <laughs> which I hated. Um, I hated having to do exams while you were working. That was a nightmare. That must um, be hard, actually. Yeah, yeah. And especially when, um, you know, your job kind of depends on you passing. 
Um, so I didn't really appreciate that, but working there gave me some great opportunities, like going to America was one of them. How, how long were you there for? I was there for two years, um, and it was a job, uh, I definitely wanted to travel um, and do a secondment, and it became a bit of a joke in the office that whenever a secondment opportunity came up, I would put my hand you, up. Yeah. Um, so we looked at Australia at some point, um, but it was it didn't quite work out, and then America came up, um, and they we're looking for someone in Chicago and I didn't really know I, I'd never been to America let alone Chicago at that point uh, and I was like yeah why not and so um all happened quite quickly um and yeah when I think I started applying and going through the process in October and I moved out in January which um Chicago is known for its winters and moving to Chicago in winter. Did you move? Oh, you moved in the winter, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was great, though. It was, um, I think, when you're first there and you see proper snow and stuff, um, you are quite excited by it. I managed three winters. I'm not sure I could have managed another one because um, they are quite intense. Uh, but yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, and then I came back and then decided to move in house and so moved to, to Warner Brothers for a couple of years, which was great as well. Um, I think one of the perks had to be going to Harry Potter World as work <laughs> to go and see what it was like. So that was quite exciting. Um, and then um, seeing the sets that we have up there as well, because there's a lot of filming that goes up. Yeah. Up there. And this, like, the, the sets are already made. It's, yeah, yeah, they were planning. Um, I think the set at the time was for the Fantastic Beasts film uh, that was coming out uh, the following year or whatever. So I think it was Paris was the one that was there. Is it Paris or London? I can't remember. Because they film quite a lot in advance, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. So, you know, we're filming stuff now that won't be released until 23, maybe even 24. So you know so, the stuff that's being filmed, or the, or the films coming out or the shows or whatever? Yeah, I mean, um, there's definitely a slate that, yeah, you're aware of. And um, yeah, obviously I can't reveal too much yeah, yeah, about yeah. that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, it, it, and it is quite exciting, like being involved in that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially at the moment with Disney Plus, not that we're obviously talking about Disney too much. Um, there's so much content that's coming up and it's really exciting to be part of it. Um, and yeah, it's kind of the, the new thing now is all these streaming sites, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, and as much as we've got a great historic library to keep people, you need to have constant new content. And, you know, I think we've gone from producing like a handful of stuff in Europe to now, you know, almost 100 series every a year is kind of what the plan is so wow. yeah there's That's a lot amazing. going on so so with regards to to disney actually mm -hmm. um so i grew up watching a lot of the disney films uh yeah i don't know why the little mermaids came as the first <laughs> one peter pan yeah uh, everything else but do you think that kids now will still grow up watching yeah definitely authentic original Disney films. Yeah, um, it's interesting to me that we've still got so much animation that goes on because you would have thought, you know, especially with this live action and everything, Lion King, even Little Mermaid. Oh yeah, being Little, made uh, into, Lion King as well. Yeah, yeah, Little Mermaid is being made into a live action as well at the moment. Um, but there's still a lot of content that goes out that's animation. But the live stuff, do you not think that's too like for, the re, for adults. adults to relive their childhood? Um, I mean, I think there is an element of that, but. I think it's dual purpose. If you take something like Toy Story, for example, is Toy that, Story, that is Disney, right? yeah, 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 it's um, Pixar, which yeah. is part of Disney, and um, you know, Toy Story is very much 
children but there's adult stuff in there <laughs> yeah, you know some yeah. of the jokes in that yeah. you're like oh i'm not sure this is appropriate for kids um so i think there is dual purpose i, I think yeah kids still love the disney stuff i mean you know with our, within our family whenever i say i work at disney and the little kids go crazy mm. so that stuff's never gonna die out uh, there st- there, are, there still are a few disney stores out uh, yeah so not as many right yeah so they are they're focusing much more on the online and i think because of covid they've realized actually online is the way forward yeah. but we're still keeping the flagship store in oxford circus um that's and I, pretty big that yeah, yeah yeah so um that's staying around and there's going to be a few dotted around in america i think the one in dublin is staying as well but online's just kind of where it is well i mean it makes sense because obviously if without most people have gone online anyway but with disney plus being put on kind of yeah you know um be easy to just have them both connected online. Yeah, yeah. And I think just people's habits have changed yeah. just generally, right? If you look at most retailers, yeah. you know, online is really where they're making more yeah. of their money nowadays. So what, what would you say your, did you, I'm, I'm assuming you watch Disney, you've watched them all. Yeah. yeah. What, what are your top three Disney films? Oh, that's a really hard one. Um, I love Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast, good film. I think um, it's the first one that got nominated for Best Oscar Film, I think, as well. Though, um, I think with the Disney ones, where as you get older, you sort of um, question um, question them, don't you? Because Beauty and the Beast is about, like, changing a man and all this sort of stuff, which, you know, you know it, it's kind of... Um, well, they say there's a lot of hidden meanings in these films. Yeah, definitely. Snow um, White and the Seven Dwarfs being one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and all these things, which you do wonder if the animators did do that, things on yeah. purpose. And, and sometimes there's too many coincidences to think that they Peter didn't. Peter Pan as well. Yeah. Um, Have you seen that thing that they show? Um, I th- oh, it's, it's the Jungle Book yeah. and something. Oh, yes. And Winnie the Pooh. And they show the scenes yeah. being repeated. But you, unless yeah. that was highlighted, you, you it, it blew know. my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, that yeah. makes complete sense. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, um, I've always liked Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, and then I like the Toy Story films. Yeah. I think one and two are, are great. And looking forward to the, the Buzz one coming out as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Lion King for me has to be up there, Lion King. <laughs> I think Lion King Theatre Show, I think, is one yeah. of the best shows. Um, that sort of scene when all the animals come out at the beginning and stuff is just phenomenal. Um, but then, you know, Frozen, that's another good yeah, one. Yeah, well, so. I mean, I, I I have watched it with my niece and stuff, but yeah. I, I they don't stick with, though the newer films don't stick with me as yeah. much as... As like, the older ones, of course. As the older ones. Yeah, um, definitely. I think probably dozing in and out of sleep in, in the... <laughs> uh, but, Frozen probably isn't really aimed at someone like you either, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. um, but there, uh, there's a few more um, that, that that come that I can't think of. Um, yeah. But it, like I said, with the Fox acquisition, if you look at what's now on Disney Plus, you know, like oh, you've got the, the diehard films are on yeah, there, right? Yeah. And um, it's, it's essentially another. It's just another Netflix in some to some it degree, is. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or it's matching that that market. Yeah. Um, I think people could happily, you know, remove their Sky subscription, have Netflix and have Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, and Freeview yeah and that's all the TV that they'd want to yeah and you do wonder kind of how the terrestrial channels are going to deal with that and I think there's some good stuff that's coming out from the BBC and ITV now you know you take um, Killing Eve and stuff so I think it is making them adapt which is good Um, and I think that competition between all the different streaming services 
is is great because you get some great shows mm. i do wonder if there's almost too much content though and then therefore the quality kind of falls well, down but. i guess it's that whole thing of like everyone you know what do you want to watch and you go for the tv channels like what is it analysis by paralysis like just so much on there yeah it's like whatever like you end up watching this like for me yeah, yeah. if i'm watching tv i end up just putting friends on because <laughs> it's just i know easy. that yeah it's just easy you know um yeah you kind of guaranteed that it's going to be on at certain yeah, times and no, certain, definitely certain and, and definitely those sorts of um shows like your friends your simpsons like i hadn't quite appreciated yeah how much um people still love the simpsons yeah. and so when simpsons was released on disney plus i was like why is this a big thing and you know it's one of the most watched things on there yeah, i think yeah. because people love that old content yeah i would actually love to spend a whole weekend if not a week, however long it would take, and yeah. you watch, rewatch all the Disney films. So I think you understand it in a different way as an adult. Yeah, too. no, definitely. But then you take the Marvel ones, for example, and I've never, I'll, I'll watch those films, but I'm not a huge sort of invested fan. And if I try and think now, oh, maybe I should watch these because I'm sort of working on some of these shows. God, to start from the beginning, it would take yeah. me a good two weeks to watch all the films. Yeah, and I'm I, not sure I, I'm invest. I don't understand because they all interlink in some way or thought yeah way or thought, and then right? you can watch them in different orders you can watch them in release order in the order that they took place i mean i still remember when i worked at warner's they used to give you um so that part of hbo they would give you a dvd and so one year they gave us season six of game of thrones which i'd never watched any of them and i was like oh crap i'm gonna have to watch this now and i remember uh, borrowing the dvds from work and I, it spent sort of DVDs, four, what's that? Yeah, exactly. It spent four weeks trying to watch this show and catch up because, you know, you kind of have to invest in a series quite yeah, early. Yeah, you do. You otherwise, can't. you can't really catch yeah, up. Yeah. And yeah, it, I mean, it was worth it, I think, apart from the last season wasn't the best. But I never got into Game of Thrones, never watched it. Um, it to be fair, I think I watched the first episode and I was like, it's a bit weird. I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, and never went went, went through back. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, like things like Prison Break, just tip, just entered, like it just keeps me wanting to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, they that was a good uh, that was a good series. Yeah. Um, so the plans for you uh, through through work are you wanting to to continue you know sit, explore what, what Disney offers and yeah definitely I think um, so the job before Disney I was only there for about a year. Um, and like I said, it, it was just not what I'd kind of signed up to and I found it really tough. So to now be in a company and a job that I enjoy, I definitely see it as a, a longer term um, kind of commitment. Um, I've kind of got a bit of a reputation of um, jumping ship and swapping <laughs> jobs, which I think is a bit harsh because I spent like eight years in my first one and then five years in my next one. I think so they I say think two to three years. It's like yeah. Excellent. And I think it's a generational thing as well because, you know, I don't know what your parents were like, but my parents, you know, grew up in a generation where you'd have one, maybe two jobs your yeah, entire yeah, yeah. life. So whenever I tell them I'm changing jobs, they have a mini oh, heart attack yeah. and <laughs> yeah. a bit concerned. Um, so I think it is the norm, but, you know, Disney's a great company um, to work for now. I think, you know, hopefully in the future when we have a family, then it's a great company for that, you know, yeah, get, yeah. just getting discounts to go to the, uh, the parks. <laughs> is, is That's the only reason we'll work at Disney. <laughs> yeah. um, and and you, you've been to quite a lot of places in the world, right? You've, mm -hmm. you've got a, a big uh, list of places. Yeah. What, what, what has been your, your favourite adventures? Um, so I think it's hard to sort of, 
decide who what your favorite country or experience is um i really liked bhutan bhutan was phenomenal well, um, wait, i don't, I don't know. it's near, uh, so it's um near nepal um okay. it's kind of on the himalayas you can kind of see the himalayas you know from various points and it's a country that has um this concept of a happiness index right um so they measure the prosperity of the country by essentially how um, happy its population is is okay. kind of the idea behind it um so it's just a beautiful country just do you very, know how they measure that um i don't know it's just this concept of a happiness index are you happy well. yes right. Like <laughs> um and to be fair i think it's probably the sort of country that if you weren't happy i'm not sure you would necessarily say you weren't happy it's not like a dictatorship yeah, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know it's not kind of uh i don't think people are used to complaining in the same way that maybe in other countries they are um, but it's just, it's very full of nature. Um, so you've got the Himalayas kind of on one side, there's loads of mountains, uh, was there for a festival. Um, and so you got to see kind of all these colorful uniforms and dancing and stuff. So that was amazing. Um, I also really liked Cuba. I thought Cuba was phenomenal. I'd love to go to Cuba. Yeah, it, it definitely recommend it, especially before it sort of opens up too much. It's already opened quite, quite a bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was an amazing country. And again, um, because of, I'm not saying Castro and, and stuff were brilliant leaders, but the concepts of what they wanted Cuba to be with the socialism and, you know, strong emphasis on volunteering and giving back to your community, like all of those are concepts that, you know, I think we should be doing more as well. Well, you, you, you know, you volunteering for the running club, it's like it lives with you, doesn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. And it, it makes, you know, for me, volunteering is a huge thing. Like the reason I came a bit late today is I volunteer at a pharmacy to help with the COVID vaccines because, again, going back to mental health and stuff, like for me to be able to get through the last 18 months, I really had to refocus what's important to me and then also think about what what it is that I can do to make things better and you know yeah, great respect yeah great respect to the frontline workers and I'm not even you know doing a tenth of what they're doing but for me it was really important to do something I think it's a massive step like you know over the last 12 even a little bit longer I've thought about the whole thing of like helping people more and and funny enough the other day I was driving back home from here mm -hmm. And a guy, I could see two guys pushing a car that were really, really struggling. And I yep. thought, well, look, they need help. Yep. Like, I'm going to help them. Help push the car. Um, and then what the, What people saw is because I had stopped to help them, yeah. other people eventually then started to also yeah, help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then he was so grateful. He's like, do you want it? I was like, absolutely don't want anything. Like, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to help you. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing to see the impact that because I had helped someone that everyone else wanted to. Yeah. And I think inside all of us we are all wanting to help yeah and do something to help someone else sure but um yeah. maybe whether it be the lack of opportunity to i don't know if it's lack of opportunity or, or maybe like there's something that stops people but yeah. then but how did that make you feel right because i felt amazing after. yeah exactly i was like I, there's not i don't want a penny i don't want anything i the fact that your car is now by your house that you can then you know it's yeah. your business now yeah um i felt great for, for doing it um but I know how much he appreciated yeah. that, that help. And I think, I've always said, I think if we can live in a world where we just help people more, yeah. it'd just be a much better place. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, people sort of say to me, oh, you're really good doing all this stuff. But honestly, it makes me feel good. Yeah. And um, that's kind of one of the main reasons I do it. And 
something very small, like you sort of stopping for five, 10 minutes, just made such a huge difference yeah, to that person. To that person. Um, like, and it, it's their biggest, like, negative thing for that day. Yeah. Like, it's going to ruin their mood. It's going to ruin everything. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, it doesn't need to be this massive thing. You don't need to do a long-term commitment. It can be something really small. But and some people think it has to be money. It doesn't even have to be money. It doesn't have to be money. I mean, most people are just so appreciative of time yeah. or even just listening to yeah. someone um, because, you, you know, because of the last kind of couple of years, there are a lot of people that just want to talk mm. and just want to be heard. Um, and I think if you can be that lending ear, then hopefully we can stop some of the things that are yeah, kind of going on at absolutely. the moment. Absolutely. Um, okay, Paula, what, what are the um, plans for you for the next six to 12 months, your personal life, fitness, like whatever it is, what goals have you got? Yeah, so I think from a goals perspective, um, I want to kind of push myself a bit more. I know that I kind of hold back sometimes with some of the exercises because <laughs> I have this um, really strong sort of self-preservation <laughs> kind of um, character. And so any time I feel like I might hurt myself, I just kind of pull back uh, from it and I kind of want to change that. And it's one of these things where I find it frustrating, the people training me, I, I you know, appreciate, must find it frustrating, although, you know, they're very good about it. Um, but eventually it will click and it's that getting to that eventual point. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's so that journey, isn't it's it? It's that journey. So I kind of want to do that from a fitness perspective. I'm, I definitely want to, from the running perspective, it's kind of gone up and down over the last um, kind of few months for, for various reasons. Had a wedding and went on honeymoon and put on loads of weight and it, all these sorts of yes, things. Yes, actually, Have I didn't bring that up. Recently married too. Yeah, recently married. So aim for the year is to try and stay married. <laughs> <laughs> We've decided let's get to the year and then we'll see how we go. Reassess them. Um, so no, it's... Um, so from a running perspective, I definitely want to try and do like longer distances. Um, you know, the weight's kind of crept up a little bit, particularly on honeymoon. I think we both put on in two weeks, like five kilos, which is horrendous. Um, so we're working on getting well, that Well, it's a combination, down. is it? It's like, you know, late yeah. nights, more food, less exercise, like they're the Exactly, that... exactly. And because, um, you know, my type of traveling, I tend to be more of a backpack traveler trying to fit in, you know, 20 things in a day your honeymoon tends to be a bit more relaxed than that. And so we went to quite a small island and couldn't really do a lot other than sit by a beach and eat. And that just didn't really work very well for us. <laughs> Even though we did go to the gym every day, it just, you know- But so it outweighs it, yeah, the, the eating all, by the pool, yeah. Yeah, and all inclusive, you kind of drink probably more than you should do. Um, so I think those are kind of the, the the main things. I definitely want to travel more. Um, I've been trying to catch up <laughs> from the last um, kind of 18 months of not being able to do stuff. So that's a big focus uh, as well. But yeah, just, I think to just be a bit more kind of content and, and happy and not try and run around like a mad woman, which is what I think I was doing before. Like I was one of these people that was out three or four nights of the week doing this, that and the other and having a great time, but not really being present at home and creating that kind of home yeah. um, environment and, and the cooking at home and stuff like that. Um, so I think the last kind of 18 months has given us a new perspective on what's important and what we want to focus on. So we still want to go out to restaurants and bars and exhibitions and things, but I don't have to do it like, you know, all together. In such can, a short space. Is, yeah, and so try and, um, filter that out a little bit and, and be a bit more sensible about my time. Um, so yeah, I think those are kind of the, 
nice. things. Yeah. Amazing. Paula, we've run out of time for today. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for your time and such an interesting story and good to, good to speak with you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you very much. Join us again next week. <laughs>